Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts of the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk all things young adults, the faith of the next Mm -hmm. generation, and reaching young adults for Christ in our world today. Thanks for subscribing and sharing this message with Mm -hmm. listeners. Um, It helps us reach more listeners with the message of Jesus Mm -hmm. and the message of Young Adults Today. We're joined by a new friend, Pastor Tim Timberlake. How are you? Doing good. It's an honor and privilege to be on the podcast and show uh, Josiah and Micah. We are so thrilled to have you. And we're excited for the listener if they don't know who you are and what you're up to and what God's doing in and through you and the ministry that you were leading. We are going to unpack some of those things today. So, And just to introduce, um, Pastor Tim Timberlake is the global senior pastor at Celebration Church. He's a popular thought leader, gifted speaker, and teacher with the ability to communicate with people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, our paths didn't cross at the Speak Conference, but I was just in Atlanta and I have like 30 pages of notes. And a lot of those notes are from Pastor Tim. And so today's talk is going to be on the faith of the next generation. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to sneak in a few questions on teaching and preaching, but mm-hmm. also Pastor Tim is the author of a brand new book. We have our copy here, The Art of Overcoming. So if you, if you feel like you're facing maybe um, some dead ends, here's the, <laughs> here's the promise is that God brings dead things to life. Mm-hmm. He turns endings into new beginnings. And so Pastor Tim, can we toss it to you? And can you just share a little bit of an overview of your life and journey of leadership today? Yeah. I mean, I, a brief overview would be, um, I got into ministry, uh, at a very young age, started senior pastoring at 20 years old. Uh, year is my 19th year senior pastoring and, um, my parents were pastors. I had no desire to be in ministry, had no desire to be a pastor, had no desire to be in church. (laughs) And, uh, God grabbed a hold of my heart, uh, when I was away at college, uh, in my apartment and I had this radical encounter, uh, with Jesus and it just, uh, shifted my complete perspective and I ended up leaving the university that I was at uh, and and transferring to Bible college and finishing up Bible college early and moving back to North Carolina and taking over the church that my parents started. Uh, My dad had died from complications of uh, terminal cancer uh, three years prior to that. And uh, for me, uh, after God had just grabbed a hold of my heart, it was, how can I help people understand how incredible of a savior we serve in Jesus and how can I help people uh, build hope, uh, maintain and retain hope in their life. And that's what I've tried to do for the last 19 years. And uh, God has been so gracious in allowing me to do so. And uh, along the way, he's given me uh, a few messages that have helped out some people. And one of those messages is the art of overcoming. And I pray this message helps and equips and empowers everyone that uh, is trying to uh, become who God sees them becoming and uh, do the things that I know uh, God desires for them to do. And so this book is really a blueprint that walks with us on this journey of being an overcomer. I absolutely love that. And we are definitely in a day and age where we need to be equipped to overcome the things that the enemy has 
put in front of us, the lies that we've been believing about ourselves, and then discovering who God is and who we are in the process of becoming more like Christ. So we are so thrilled to just dive into that book. And just like I said, we were devouring it. And I hope that the, the listener can just pick up their copy and tune in and just really hone the craft of overcoming and knowing that like, like Josiah said, God brings the broken things back to life. He, he breathes life into all of our situations. And it's our opportunity to discover that, to be in the process of restoring and re- redemption and everything else. And we know you were a young adult when you started leading for crying out loud, 19 years old. Thank you for sharing your story and just giving us a brief um, look into that and knowing that your life was transformed in a moment with God, a dorm dream, a dorm encounter, whatever that is verbiage you want to use there, but because your life was transformed as a young adult, I'd be curious to hear your insight of why do you believe that reaching the next generation and young adult ministry is so vital in this day and age? Yeah, I believe it's it's vital, not just for a generation, but for humanity to understand that the generation that we have an opportunity to serve is not up next. They are up now. And they are the influencers. They are the people that's defining and refining culture. They are the ones that is giving direction to uh, the general populace of the world. And so if we have an opportunity to walk hand in hand with them and be a guide and really be kind of a door opener for them, then I believe that they would do the same for the generation coming behind them. And, um, you know, for me, it's important to help them navigate this life and determine whose voice matters most. Uh, So our goals determine whose voice matters most. And the reason that's important is because the voice that we listen to determines the destiny that we experience. And uh, if we listen to the wrong voice, we'll wind up at the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And speaking Uh, We all listen to one of four voices. And, you know, I'm seeing a trend kind of happen in uh, the generation that we get an opportunity to serve in the young adults. And uh, that 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 trend is they typically do what they want to do based upon uh, the people's voices that are speaking into their lives. And so as people, we, we either listen to the people around us voice. We listen to our voice. We listen to the voice of the enemy or we listen to God's voice. Uh, when we listen to other people's voice, they influence us into doing what they desire for us to do. Uh, when we listen to our voice, we do what we feel like doing. When we listen to the enemy's voice, uh, we typically look at our lives through the lens of a lie. But when we listen to God's voice, we have an opportunity uh, for his voice to shape us, to frame us, to make us and mold us into who he created us to be. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is not only do we get judged off of what we do, but we get judged based off of what God told us to do. And if we don't listen to his voice, then we miss an opportunity to really step into the greatness that he has seated on the inside of us in such an incredible season to extract the harvest and fruit from it. Spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, my word, the the power of our listening ears. My mom mm-hmm. growing up has just been such an active listener. She's taught me what active listening needs. Mm-hmm. She listens. And my mom never said like you, you have two ears in, in one mouth, like a lot of moms did, or maybe my mom said that, but I wasn't listening, <laughs> but she just showed me my mom legit just would, yeah. she just show me like, 
I care. I listen, I'm going to ask you questions. If it matters to you, it matters to me. And I think what you just said there of letting God's voice be loudest in our life, let Mm -hmm. our own voice, turn it down a little bit, Mm -hmm. let other people maybe weigh in if they line up with the voice of God, but the enemy We can't listen to the voice of the enemy because we know that he's talking when his lips are moving. And Mm -hmm. um, in a message of truth, I think that I want you to talk to the person who feels stuck and Mm -hmm. feels maybe defeated right now, just feels discouraged, or they feel like they're at kind of a dead end, like adulting's hard. There's no yeah. question about that. And it's it's sometimes people will say it's a struggle every day, but I would just say this message of the art of overcoming, would you be willing to just dive into that message and what your prayer is for the listener, for the person watching us on YouTube? Mm-hmm. What's your hope for them today? Yeah, I would share with our listeners uh, one of the most powerful truths that I've learned in my life that I share with and unpack to the young adults that I have an opportunity to pour back into is in the seasons of struggle and in seasons uh, of victory and in seasons of triumph, you have to talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Um, And the reason that's important is because when you listen to yourself, you echo the negative voices, the voices of everyone else that have spoken to you negatively, the the voice of the enemy, the, the different things you think about yourself, the perspective that you carry. But when you speak to yourself, you echo the voice of God. I do something called the first 15 every single morning before my feet touch the ground. The first five minutes, I listen to who God says I am. Just listen to him speak. For the second five minutes, I read one verse, one scripture. I chew on that scripture for five minutes. And then the last five minutes, I pray about what God has spoken to me, both through uh, his word and through his voice into my spirit. And when I do that, it gives me an opportunity to be the second voice that I hear every single day because I first heard from the voice of God. And when I speak to myself, I am echoing what God has said. I'm declaring what God has said. And I'm not just listening to the negative voices that have been floating around in my head. And so for those that are listening right now, I encourage you to do that. Be the second voice that you hear because you've heard from the from the very uh, first voice, the most important voice that you could ever hear from. And that is the, fo- the voice of your loving father. And uh, if we can start there as a foundation, it allows us to build uh, some incredible building blocks for the rest of our day. And if we can uh, steward our morning well, we can steward our day well. Wow, that's power packed. Like I have not done that the first 15, but I I mean, I do devos every single day, but I'm excited to Mm -hmm. honorably adopt, like just stewarding the morning well, Mm -hmm. setting the tone for a good day. Yeah, that's so good. Love it. The first 15. Oh, man. Well, we know that beginnings matter, right? (laughs) They matter. I I found, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with devotionals. And I encourage all of our listeners to dive into good devotionals. But devotionals are when I am reading the perspective of someone else. When I spend that first 15 minutes with God, he helps me to shape my own perspective. Mm -hmm. And then everything else that I do, devotionals, uh, you know, adding worship into the mix and and or messages into the mix, they are cherries on top to me already hearing God's affirming voice for my life. Um, and so in addition to devotionals, uh, you know, I encourage our listeners to set aside intentional time with God. It doesn't have to be long, but it does have to be intentional. It does have to be something that you steward 
and places a priority on your life because he wants to spend time with us. He wants to talk with us. Mm-hmm. And God is a, a, a speaking God. But what I, I found is we're not always listening. And so when we set aside time to be intentional with God, he gives us the desires of his heart and uh, he shows us who we are uh, through his lens. That's so good. One thing that Josiah and I just kind of adopted early on is there's always going to be a he, she, and a we in our relationship. So we need to work out our own salvation. There's a reason why the Bible says that, right? But to have Mm -hmm. our time devoted to God, whether it's through devotions, worship, whatever our devotional time looks like, our reading time, our prayer time, our reflection time, our journaling time, is to realize that we are in charge of our own relationship with Jesus, no matter how much we read no matter how much we consume. And we do have those influences along the way. And we should have those people along sharpening us truly like iron sharpens iron. And when we got married, we said, we want to begin with the end in mind. Who do we want to be not even at the end of our life, like on this earth, but what, what do we want to be said of us and live? And how do we live and leave a legacy well beyond our presence here on earth that is still impacting the kingdom even when we're not physically here. So I would just mm-hmm. be curious just to lean into this, like maybe you agree or disagree, do believe or don't believe, but if you could just like lean into, do you believe that endings can lead to better beginnings? Absolutely. I, I believe that uh, oftentimes it's not until we come to the end of something that we can begin something else. Uh, and what I've learned is endings does not mean the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, endings. Uh, means that that particular season or that particular place uh, is now ending, but it is not the end. As long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as we have an opportunity uh, to do the things that God has placed before us, it is not the end. Mm-hmm. And so all, all good things have to come to an end for something great to be born. When you look at the transition of how a king or a queen uh, becomes king or queen, it's because a king or a queen before them has now transitioned from this life to the next. Mm-hmm. And so all all things must come to uh, an ending, but it is not the end. And one of the things that we have to learn uh, as young adults is how to let things rest in peace without losing our peace. And uh, what we understand how to navigate that, uh, then we understand how precious life is and the many blessings that we get along the way of it, that we get an opportunity to steward, uh, not hoard, uh, but really steward and uh, release when it's time to release so that we can receive what God has for us in that particular season. So good. I love it. That is powerful, Pastor Tim. And just a few months ago, there was uh, an audition for a music contest, American Idol, that I saw and it's this guy, Iam Tongi, and he's from Hawaii. And he's, he sings this song, Monsters, by James Blunt. And when he sang it, I think it was 115 million people watched just the reel of him at his audition because it resonated. Mm-hmm. His He had just lost his dad three months earlier. He's 18 years old. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, he has just this powerful, like butter, like honey mm-hmm. voice. <laughs> And he's singing this song with such emotion, sharing this story. And my earthly father is living and we're in close standing and good standing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like texting my dad. I'm weeping. I'm like, dad, I love you so much. And um, he's like, you're weird. Okay? Why, why, what's <laughs> going on? But you shared off the top of the episode just that that you had lost your father. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm thinking of Ian, the 18-year-old on American Idol. I'm thinking of... 
how so many people, two of my best friends have, have lost their dads. Mm -hmm. And I know that's been a tough thing for them. And I mean, are you willing to talk about, um, the struggle that that was in your own life or what it was like, you know, stepping into leadership or all that God had for you, but letting go in a way? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, for me, um, when I first found out my father was terminally ill, um, with cancer, he was given two weeks to live and doctors told him that they could perform this experimental surgery on him. The chances of surviving were very, very slim. And my mom and dad, they opted for the surgery. And so, uh, as they performed the surgery, uh, they cut him from the back of one ear, opened up his throat and they finished uh, cutting him on the back of the other ear and they removed the tumor from his throat, the size of a chipmunk. Uh, and so they were able to remove the entire tumor, but in doing so, they had to uh, remove a portion of his tongue, about 25%. And so he was no longer able to eat, drink, or swallow uh, with his mouth anymore. He was fed through a G-tube. And so I saw my father, mm -hmm. uh, my hero, my best friend, just kind of become a shell of himself. And uh, one of the things that I still reflect on, still remember, is even in the weakest moments of his life, he still held on to his faith. And uh, I was sharing this with uh, our church yesterday, one of the most profound and powerful uh, chapters in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 11. And we consider it to be the hall of faith, but right around verse number 17, it goes into a little bit of a different narrative where it starts to tell us all of these great men and women, they died in faith. And what that simply means is, in this life, they did not see the things that they were believing for, but they received them on the other side. And they held on to their faith and they held on to the faithfulness of God. And I believe uh, that's one of the lost virtues of uh, this generation and really our generation is that we typically think when we feel pain or when we experience discomfort or when we go into a tough season that God is no longer with us. Uh, because if God was with us, he wouldn't allow us to go through these things. And that's simply not true. I've learned that God uh, is with us even when we go through seasons. And although we pray that seasons change, oftentimes God doesn't change our seasons before he changes us in the season. And I had to go through that season where God was changing me and transforming me and really uh, renewing me back to who he created me to be uh, in the worst season of my life. And I had uh, made a decision to walk away from God and really uh, not pursue him because I was angry. I was upset. This is my hero. This is my, this is my dad who I've seen uh, only live the um, epitome of uh, a man of God, just the, the truest reflection of Christ that I've ever seen. And he's fighting for his life. And I was upset and angry. And uh, it wasn't until that night in my apartment that I had that encounter with Jesus, that my heart was really softened to uh, open my life and my heart back up to Jesus. And uh, in an instant, he did that. And, you know, in the worst season of my life, uh, Jesus wasn't afraid of my questions. He wasn't afraid of my doubts. He wasn't afraid of my anger. He wasn't afraid of, of my, um, you know, hesitance to uh, walk out this life with them. He pursued me when I wasn't pursuing him. And for our listeners, I want you to know that there is nothing that you could do that would disconnect you from the love that Jesus has for you. And even if you're not pursuing him the way you know you should, he is still pursuing you. 
and he still is after you. He's still chasing you. He still desires and longs to have that relationship with you, just as he did for me. And it was him chasing after me that really catapulted me into the relationship that I now have uh, with Jesus Christ. Um, but it started from a very painful, a very dark place um, that crafted and created and curated uh, the leader that I am today. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that story. And we know, and I, you even said it like, I don't know how you worded it, but it was so eloquent of just really realizing like, no matter what season we're in, God needs to do something in us for us to recognize that there's something in the season that we can take on to get to that next chapter, right? To essentially get through and hold on when it comes to our faith and having our faith being challenged and shake us to the core as just humans. Like we don't understand. We don't have all the answers. We have all the questions, but nobody to answer them. And you probably, in my, in my opinion, I would feel like I was, I would probably feel like I was crumbling and breaking from the inside out. Like if that were elements of my story and for the listener who has gone through tragic death and cancers and everything else and the ability to just walk through that is uncanny to know that we have a savior in and through it all. And in what ways, like, are we, we're not physically dead walking through these hurts, hurdles mm -hmm. and hangups around us. Um, but experiences similar to that physical death, like in what ways are non-physical death experiences similar to those physical deaths, if that makes sense. Yeah. What I've discovered, uh, Micah is that oftentimes without Christ, we are dead. We just haven't been buried. And, uh, you know, we have a tendency to allow life to just happen and not lead our lives. When we don't lead our lives, we accept our lives. And when we accept our lives, we receive things far less than what Jesus desires for us to accept and receive. And so for those walking through a very difficult season, my, uh, you know, Encouragement to you would be keep walking. Scripture tells us, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. It doesn't say that you will stay there. It doesn't say that this is your permanent resting place. It doesn't say that this is where it ends and this is how the story uh, is, is finished. No, it says you will walk through it. And so keep walking. You're not meant to stay here. This is just a temporary season. It's just a temporary place that you are walking and transitioning through. And when you come out on the other side of it, I truly believe that you'll be better uh, and stronger and wiser for having gone through what you've gone through. As difficult as it may be right now, as painful as it is right now, as inconvenient as it is right now. And some of you listening have lost some very uh, important things that are near and dear to you. But just as you have received those things before, I believe that God can bring back to you the things that you are not anticipating and expecting. And, uh, you know, in the Bible, the story of Job really uh, sticks to me. And uh, I, I think it's one that every young adult should read uh, because it's a prime example that there's layers to God's trust. It's one thing for God to trust us with blessings. It's another thing for God to trust us with problems. And the reason Job went through what he went through is because God knew that he could trust him with the problems that he would have to walk through. And I believe for some of you walking through difficult seasons right now, it's because God trusts you. And I know it sounds weird. And I know it sounds strange. And I know it's uncomfortable. But there's something that God is doing in you in this season uh, that you wouldn't have learned on the mountaintop. You can only learn it in the valley. 
And so continue to walk through it. God is making you. He's forming you. He's creating something so beautiful in you that uh, he can only do in seasons like this. And so although that thing, that job, that opportunity, that relationship uh, may no longer be in your life, I'm telling you, just as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he will raise you back up again and you will walk into new seasons that present new life and new opportunities. Amen. Yes, and amen. <laughs> Pastor Tim, we just had this past weekend our Minnesota Young Adult Weekend and a couple hundred young adults from 40, 50 different churches. Mm-hmm. And Micah actually preached Friday night on the story of Job. And just ask, and the question that we learned from Job is, do we love God or do we love his gifts more? Mm-hmm. And yeah. she just unpacked what an unwavering faith can look like that we can aspire to, that we can feed and grow. And I think the cool mm-hmm. thing about the time of this conversation is college graduation just happened. A lot of our listeners might be young professionals mm-hmm. now or just stepped yeah. out of a season of of maybe they just received a diploma that says you are now qualified <laughs> and capable and you paid the money. <laughs> but um, I think the beautiful time of this season right now, as we you know enter spring, as we enter summer, is um, it really can set the tone for you know the four years of college, impact the next 40 and beyond of decision-making and just choices and the people that we surround mm-hmm. ourselves with. And one of the things that I've realized <laughs> Ministering with young adults is so many people feel isolated. So many people feel lonely. Maybe they just went through a breakup. It was devastating. They did. Mm -hmm. They had been planning a wedding Mm -hmm. and now they're just trying to get out of bed or they're, they're like, I just graduated. And now all the relationships that I had community, now I'm in a new city Mm -hmm. and I'm a freshman again. I don't know anyone. So for the person that's kind of like starting over, even in community, relationships. One of the things in the art of overcoming your, your new book is just an encouragement of letting God turn your mm-hmm. end needs into new beginnings. That could be yeah. even relationships or community, but mm-hmm. you do call, I think you said something like broken relationships are one of the worst losses of all. Can you talk about that or maybe share some encouragement about stepping into a new season of adulting with community? Yeah. Every transition is hard. But the transition of relationships is one of the most difficult things for us to really navigate and work through um, because it's it's emotional. It's it's uh, memories. It's time that we've spent with people that we love. And whenever we find ourselves in a relational transition, uh, it provides a void in our lives that can't be filled by other people. Uh, you know, other people can fill our lives in different ways, but they can't fill the void of who was once there that no longer is. Those memories remain. The time that we spent with that person remains. And so the thing that we have to do in seasons of relationship transition and even city transition, school transition, is really find the joy in new adventure. Uh, not not wasting time in what was or what could you have done better uh, but really finding the joy in new adventure, saying, okay, God, who do you want me surrounded by? Who do you want me surrounded with? How can I add value to other people's lives? How can I uh, solve a problem in other people's lives? And watch how God brings people along the path to do the same thing for you. This is why it's so important. At the end of our life, we're known for one of two things, and that's the problems that we solve or the problems that we create. We find ourselves in seasons and times where we're constantly providing problems for people, uh, then we won't be surrounded by the people that we desire to be surrounded by. 
But when we find ourselves in seasons where we're asking, how can we be a, a solution provider? How can we be a problem solver? How can we add value to people's lives? Then we find ourselves adding value and people adding value to us. And that's one of the most important and encouraging things that we could ever do in this life is finding people to serve, finding people to add value to, finding people to reflect the love of Jesus Christ to. And when we do that, uh, we attract God's best into our life to both be poured into and to pour into others. Come on. Oh, my goodness. That's taking 30 pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> that stands out to me that the, the we're known by either the problems we create or the problems that we solve. And I think in terms of leadership, like the people that everyone wants on their team, it's you, you hand them the problems and they just solve them. Like, doesn't everyone want somebody like that to be surrounded by, whether it's a friend mm-hmm. and you say like, look, I'm overwhelmed right now. And they pray for you or they're like, have you thought of this? <laughs> And they encourage you or it's in the workplace and you're like, hey, I'm buried. Can I offload this assignment to you? And it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. team that can accomplish the dream. That is yeah. so, so good. I'm having a great conversation. Loving this, Pastor Tim. And can we go off script just a little bit? I was just at yeah. a speak conference and I think Micah senses this call. She just got ordained last month mm-hmm. and um, we're both. Congratulations. Ordained. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> we uh, we both love to teach and preach to our generation mm-hmm. and all people just really mm-hmm. sense a burden for mm-hmm. young adults, ages 18 to 30. And I think I've been on about a, what, nine, 10 year journey of mm-hmm. discovering my voice, finding my voice. I think I've found aspects and I think I'm still well into that journey, have a long ways to go. But um would you would you be open to sharing just a little bit of the process that you've found of uncovering the voice that God's created you to be a voice piece, a messenger of the good mm-hmm. news? And you don't sound like other people. I would imagine that there's other people like your dad and other pastors mm-hmm. or mentors that even speak through you some of those messages. But what's it been like for you? Just, you want to be in the classroom right now. I want to go to school. Communication yes. one in the pastoral world. Yeah, finding your voice. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that each and every one of us has a unique voice that we have to uh, discover and find. Uh, I believe we don't get a chance to decide that voice, but we do get a chance to discover it. And once we discover it, we have to be good stewards and honing in on being the best at stewarding the message that God has given us, the cadence that God has given us that we can be. And so the way that I craft messages and the way that I, um, you know, really communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ is based upon who I know will be listening. And so humanity changes the way that they receive information every three years. We look and, and consume content differently every three years. And so if we're consuming content differently every three years and every three years, I have to change how I communicate it. Um, And so three years ago, think about this. TikTok was not nearly as popular as it is right now. Uh, And so short form content has become uh, the way that uh, the young adults consume and contribute uh, information. Uh, And so over the last three years, Twitter has changed uh, a ton uh, because of how people receive and communicate. Um, their information. Instagram has changed 
And uh, people either like the changes or they disagree with the changes. But Instagram understands that in order to keep people on the app, we have to change how content is being spread. And so the way we consume content changes every three years. As a communicator, as a teacher, as a pastor, as a um, orator of the word of God, I have to have my finger on the pulse of culture to figure out how they are consuming content. Here's what the last thing that I want to do is create content that no one listens to. The last thing that I want to do is have a conversation that no one is asking for. And so the thing that I must do is I have to add value to conversations that are already going on, because if I'm adding value to conversations that are already going on, then people find value in those conversations because they're asking those questions. And I think the greatest communicator of all time is Jesus. When we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus knew exactly who he was talking to, and he knew exactly what to say to draw people into understanding the message he was trying to communicate. So when he was talking to tax collectors, Jesus talked taxes and money. When he was talking to fishermen, he talked fish. When he was talking to farmers, he talked farming and seeds. Jesus knew exactly who he was talking to, and the reason he did that and the reason he was able to do that is because he had his thumbprint on the pulse of society and culture. And as communicators of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to do the same thing. See what's going on around us, but more importantly, extracting the greatness of Jesus Christ in us, out of us, and giving it to the world because that message is timeless and always adds value. Well, I took half a page of notes just so everybody knows, okay? You got to go back and listen to that one. Amen. Pastor Tim, what have you been dreaming about lately that God has really been like burdening your heart with or just downloading to you lately? Because we all have dreams. We all, we all, we see a lot of people were dreamers or doers. And we know that many people are both. And we see that you are both. You're writing books. You're leading in capacities like 19 years old that I've, you're the first person I've heard of. Second person that young leading something at that age, which is amazing. So we know that you have to be a dreamer and a doer and God's propelling you down the, the white waters and the, and the raft that you're in and everything else. But what have you been dreaming about lately that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. The, the thing that I obsess over and the reason I say obsess is because you will never accomplish anything that you don't obsess over. Wow. Um, I obsess over in this season is how to uh, better connect the children of God together. Um, and so we are more connected through social media than we've ever been before, but we're more disconnected as humanity than ever before. And so how can we uh, get more connected, interconnected, more ingrained, more uh, in line with the heartbeat of God to connect uh, our brothers and sisters that are on the other side of the world to what God is doing on this side and for us to be connected to what God is doing on that side uh, so that we can all move as a unit in unity, but not just stop at unity in agreement. And, uh, and and that's what I think through. That's what I obsess over. That's what I pray through. What does that look like? And and really uh, throwing spaghetti noodles at the board to see what sticks. <laughs> that's so, so good. Yeah. We join our faith with yours because I mean, so much of the ministry we're leading is just mm -hmm. involved with young adults. We have our um, Minneapolis conference here for mm -hmm. the Midwest. And we're going to Mariner's church in July and just trying to do that for young adult ministry leaders across mm -hmm. America, kind of mm -hmm. see a compass of the North, South, East, West, and just how do we help 
leaders mm-hmm. be equipped with resources, with rallying points, with relationships, so that they can reach young mm-hmm. adults for Christ. And so I, but I, uh, I think I share aspects of that obsession. I really do that we want to yeah. see hell empty. We want to see hell, uh, heaven filled, mm-hmm. and we want to see people not just love us, but love each other. Yeah. And, um, I think the one another's of scripture are so powerful, like love one another, serve one another. And, um, one of our favorite parts about this podcast mm-hmm. is throwing five minutes on the clock and just mm-hmm. asking you five questions that might be off the wall, off the chart, but, uh, you up mm-hmm. for a little bit of, a know, home run three point contest, something like that. Absolutely. Rapid fire. Let's do it. <laughs> First, you sure. go. If you were to travel one place you've never been and you could bring one snack that's your go-to, what what would you bring and where would you go? Uh I would go currently to uh Paris, France, and I would take milk chocolate. Good answer. Good answer. Two for two. All right. That's great. Here's question two. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a loaded question. The best advice I've ever received and the best advice that I would give young adults uh, are two different things because I can't remember the best advice I've ever received, but I can remember the best advice to give young adults. And that is this slowly is the quickest way to get to where you want to be. Hmm. Slowly, if I could go back and tell my 19, 20 year old self something as slow as I thought that I was going, I would tell myself to slow down, take time to look up, see what God is doing around you, see what God is doing in you, acknowledge, admire, and then advance. And I believe that's so important because as young adults, uh, we have a tendency of just grinding, you know, digging, 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 and never looking up to see, okay, this is actually how far God has bought me. This is actually what God is doing through me. And if you can do that, I'm telling you, it brings you to another perspective. It takes you to another level of gratitude. And then the second thing that I would say is at the top of one mountain you climb is the bottom of another mountain. Um, And so keep climbing. There is never uh, a point that you arrive to that is the place. You always have to be in pursuit of God's best and never get complacent uh, and never get into comparison but be content enough to continue to climb the various mountains that God puts before you because they are great and they are beautiful. And uh, you can do those two things. I'm telling you, you are steps ahead of everyone else. Amen. Don't forget to pack your chocolate on that journey. I'm just saying. I love fun. it. Question three is the curveball. It's for us. If you could ask us anything, Pastor Tim, what would you want to know or find out? This one keeps us on our toes. Yes. Yeah. How did you all how did you all develop and maintain a passion for young adults? Mm. You want to go first? Yeah, for me, I was um at a camp and I was signed up to go to business school and I went on a missions trip that summer, found out about it, and then I came back to the camp and uh just felt an undeniable call to ministry. And I thought it'd be youth ministry because I had a great youth pastor, Mm -hmm. one of my best friends to this day. He was the best man in our wedding. And then I got to college and I was like, what about my friends? What about Mm -hmm. the people that I grew up with at church? Like, what about 18 to 30 year olds? And your friend, Pastor Peter came and guest taught one of the 
think youth evangelism classes or something. I, I'm sure I bothered him, but I was like, Pastor Peter, like you're reaching young adults at Substance Church. How do you reach young adults? And mm-hmm. that's been a quest. And in uh, 2012, so mm-hmm. 13 years ago, God literally gave me a black and white vision of thousands of young adults on their knees, lifting their mm-hmm. hands to heaven and surrendering their lives to Christ. And I haven't yet mm-hmm. seen that fully um, fulfilled, that vision yet, but I've seen it partially fulfilled. And so I yep. guess the thing that keeps us going or keeps me going mm-hmm. is visiting college campuses and seeing mm-hmm. the brokenness, the hurt. And I pray that God always keeps that burden fresh. And it's almost like a weird prayer, but like there's an open wound that then vision comes from of like the wounds fresh and we got to serve young adults. Yeah. And so I guess that's just the bell that I feel called by God to ring. Yeah. And I think for me, very similar, probably back in 2012, just really recognizing where I was living in North Dakota, there was nothing for young adults. And I'm like, how can there, this is a college, there's college, there's a university, there's all these trade schools. Like, why is there nothing for young adult ministries in any of these churches? And I got plugged into, plugged into an AG church and never understood spiritual gifts, never understood like, why do I have these dreams or these passions or whatever? And realizing like, oh, these are actually from God that no one's been able to ever speak into because I was just blissfully unaware, you know? So really just realizing and recognizing that the burden I had for myself and the people I wish I had speaking into my life, God started stirring my heart to start becoming that person and providing those opportunities for others. So it started with a young adult ministry, started out of you know, small and grew up, grew to over 200. And there are still aspects of that still running today, but it, it came from me not having something that I desired. And I feel like God called me out and up of like, be the person that you wish you had as a mentor, as a discipler. And I think what truly keeps me going in with young adult ministry is realizing two things. One, young adults aren't going anywhere. Number exactly. two, if they're anything like me between the ages of 18 to 30, you have every decision under the sun to make outside of Jesus. And you have 12 years to do that, which is going to set you up on any trajectory that you desire to. So I think what keeps me going is young being involved in young adults' lives personally to see what they're walking through, to disciple them, to mentor them. But then also the other thing, when I was 27, I said I was never going back to school. I ended up downtown Minneapolis, going to back to school for ministry, getting another four-year degree. And my like, God, like I'm 10 years older than some of these people. Like they're 16 years old on this campus and I'm 27. Like, what am I doing here? I'm living in a studio, my bunk bed. I climb up to my bunk bed every stinking night. My couch is underneath. I'm like, we are like, I'm like 18 years old again, trying to figure out life. And God's like, if I've called you to a generation, I need you to be submerged in their culture to understand what they're in mm-hmm. and what they're walking through. So I'm going to burden your heart and like flan- fan into flame the passion for young adults. And you need to be submerged in it to understand it because you are not superior to them. You are, you're mm-hmm. still one of them, you know? So I think that's where mine comes from. And I just take back to that memory Every night, call up my bed. I'm like, my God, help me. I'm 27. I want to be married. What am I doing? (laughs) But I wouldn't change it because I'm like, that is when I felt the most desperate for God, but the Mm. most close to his heart and so in cadence and tune with his will during that time of so much uncertainty because I left everything I knew. So knowing that I've done things young adults are doing and I came out on the other side and I'm okay and they can be okay too. (laughs) It's just a matter of how we get there. And if we're going to look up like, 
another mountain. Yes. Get the gear. Let's do this. God, get out the ice pick. Okay. We're climbing some really rough terrain. <laughs> so Absolutely. five minute answer. Sorry. That is not count against you. Pastor no, no, <laughs> love, it. love it. Love it. That is awesome. And, and so needed. I think, you know, the, the path that God has you both on, uh, is so needed for, um, the change of culture and the change of the world. The, the decision makers are the people that you all are impacting. And so uh, kudos to both of you for walking out that call what you all do. Appreciate oh that. Thanks for saying that. means the world coming yeah. from you, Pastor Tim. We just get to be used by God. All right. Question number four right here. Ooh, what is on your heart for young adult leaders? If it was today, what is, what is that one thing that's on your heart for them? Yeah, my my one thing would be be a crock pot, don't be a microwave. And what I mean by that is allow God to uh, stir in you, uh, to stew in you uh, the gifts, the graces, the talents, the anointings uh, that he's put in you. Uh, don't expect them to happen overnight uh, because anything that arrives prematurely always arrives too small. And so for those that feel a tremendous call by God, Give yourself time to be used and developed by God. And uh, that doesn't happen overnight. And uh, take the time to steward your gift well. My father used to tell me something as it pertains to basketball, but I, I believe it pertains to uh, to leadership in young adults. He would tell me, don't peak too soon. And what he meant by that is don't think that you've arrived to the point of success. Don't believe that you've arrived to the point where you no longer have to put in work. Don't believe that you've arrived to the mountaintop, the pinnacle, mm. uh, before you uh, put in the work to do so. And so I would encourage our young adults and our young listeners with that. Be a crackpot. Don't be a microwave. I think that's so good. It reminds me of charisma and character. The character is built mm -hmm. in the crockpot. The charisma is not going to outlast what God wants to do. Oh, That's right. so good. I think the theme that I'm drawing away from this conversation is to give God time to give myself grace and then embrace patience because I am visionary and I have a head full of dreams like the Coldplay song and I get excited and to just stop and look at the view versus like hustling up the mountain. I think I love like you were describing a young adult just loving to dig, dig, dig. That is me. <laughs> and yeah. I think that really, thank you for that, Pastor Tim. That was a timely word. And I think it'll encourage mm -hmm. the listener, the viewer as well. And the question to close is a fun one because it's been so encouraging, such a timely conversation, so mm -hmm. needed. And uh, is there anything that we mm -hmm. did not ask you that you wish we would have that's on your heart about the art of overcoming or just life? Mm -hmm faith, adulting, relationships, finances, any, the unasked question, that's, that's this one. Uh, no, I mean, I think we covered uh, a plethora of different things. I, I will end it with where they can find the art of overcoming. And uh, that's at the art of overcoming book.com or Tim Timberlake.tv. Uh, you can find me on all of my social media platforms at T Timberlake on Instagram, Tim Timberlake on Twitter, Pastor T. Timberlake on Facebook, and uh, I'll connect personally with all of you that reach out uh, via my cell phone number that's listed on all of those pages. And so uh, that's where you can find me. That's where you can find the book. And I pray that it blesses our listeners. 
Amazing. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Pastor Tim Timberlake. We have it here. So you can get a, a glimpse of like, make sure you pick up or if you go to Amazon or wherever, just make sure you pick up a copy that looks like this. The Art of Overcoming is the message. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Pastor Tim Timberlake. A great big thank you to yes. you, Pastor Tim. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone you know. I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.